up, everybody? Welcome to Thursday afternoon. That means it's Simply Cyber Live time. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Dozier. And over the next hour, we are going to be interviewing a wonderful industry guest like we do every week. But this week is special. We are going to be talking with longtime Simply Cyber guest Dave Klein over at Simulate. Today, we are talking about a really interesting topic, a term I hadn't even heard, frankly, when Dave and I were talking just about a month ago. And I said, you got to come on. We got to talk about this. This is really cool. The topic is... Uh, continuous threat exposure management. And it's going to have a lot of uh, reminisce of things that we've already heard before. It almost seems like a maturation in the industry on a topic, uh, uh, vulnerability management, but it is an interesting way that addresses a lot of gaps. What we're going to be talking about today is what is obviously continuous threat exposure management, so you can walk away with that knowledge, but also what industry leaders like Gartner and uh, CISA, if you, <laughs> you might be familiar with them, Jen Easterly and that whole gang, on what they're saying about continuous threat exposure management. It's kind of a forward-looking uh, concept and one that I would expect us as an industry to adopt as we start moving forward and getting into 23, 24, 25, et cetera. So I'm super pumped. Enough of me just flapping my gums up here. Let's go get Dave. Let's get into it. Let's have a good time. Stay tuned. What's up, Dave? How you doing, man? Great. Gerald, great to be here again. Love being on your show. Oh, absolutely. I love love having you on the show. Let me change the screen around so we can see you a little bit better and feature what we're doing here. Cool. So guys, if you don't know, this this over here, my screen is mirrored. This is Dave Klein. Dave's over at Simulate. Uh, Dave, how long have you been working in the industry? Oh my God, I, about 21 years. Okay, and, so you've seen a yeah, thing a or two. <laughs> yeah, a long time. So, so you know, worked everywhere from McAfee to Cisco to mm -hmm. Forcepoint and a few Israeli startups currently with Simulate. And you know a lot of experience with incident response work. Mm -hmm. um, after 9-11, I, I traveled from my hometown of Philadelphia by high-speed train every day to New York City to help them shore up security in the city after 9-11. I did 10 years of federal work, uh, including a little bit of work with President Obama on his critical infrastructure presidential directive, along with a whole bunch of other people. And uh, just really love love the industry, uh, and and uh, re really psyched. I'm, I'm blessed to be in this industry. Yeah, I feel the same way every day. I love 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 cybersecurity. I'm so glad um, that it's you know my passion wasn't like uh, Renaissance you know Elizabethan <laughs> history or something like that. Something super super niche. Right, right. But but it worked out. But so let let's get into the topic. I I, I want to mention to everybody. I I make assumptions now that everybody is such a member of the Simply Cyber community. But if you're new here, we encourage you to engage in chat. You know, talk to each other, uh, comment on what we're talking about. But if you want to have a question thrown up on stage, if you have a question of Dave, if you if you want to call me out for jaw jacking, just put a cue in front of it. So. Um, we know it's for us and I will flag it and bring it up on stage. So with, with that little bit of housekeeping in the side, Dave, I'll, uh, please answer the question that I asked you a month ago. What, what, what is threat exposure management? Like what, what are we talking about here? So, so threat exposure management is an evolution both in, in various certifications. And you talked about CISA, mm -hmm. uh, US CISA, right? Among others as well as um, Gartner, which is one of the think tanks in the industry have, have coined this phrase, threat exposure management. The idea is today is a lot different than it used to be. It used to be that the environments we had were kind of static, right? You'd set things up, things wouldn't change all the time, right? On top of that, threats would occur, but not 
evolving daily, right? Mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're criminal actors, we're, we're taking advantage and state actors, we're taking advantage of things and changing on a daily basis. So you have, you have that, you know, the, the threat actors, you have the fact that vulnerabilities used to be about mm, 6,900 6, to maybe 8,900 a year, about 10 years ago. And then all of a sudden, about 2019, it's now 30,000 new vulnerabilities a year, right? So, so, you know, it's a massive amount of vulnerability. So you, you have the threats change daily. You have all these new vulnerabilities coming out. And then on top of it, our environments are so dynamic today. Things mm -hmm. change daily. You know, people will be on a VPC in AWS or Azure or, or Google and get frustrated because they can't figure something out. So they'll make a routine change. And all of a sudden, the, the, the security groups go away and it's totally naked to the world, right? So there's all sorts of things. All these three things come together and it requires us and demands of us a very different way, a continuous way of seeing what our threat exposure is because it's going to change constantly. Yeah. So, I mean, so that, you know, with that being threat exposure management, um, is the, the current approach isn't good. So the, is the continuous element, the continuous kind of adjective of threat exposure management, uh, what is required essentially? Like, is that why it's coming? Is it just a different version of it or is it an upgrade of threat exposure management? Uh, I'd argue, I'd argue what we're seeing is, is an evolution that mm -hmm. combines a number of different capabilities together, right? There, there's, you know, in the past, right, you would do annual pen tests. Very few people had red team capabilities, right? And if you did, you usually were a Fortune 50 company or a Fortune 500 company. And the key is today, a lot of the standards, a lot of the demands on us as cybersecurity professionals mean all of us have to be able to test our environments to make sure they're safe and also mitigate these vulnerabilities and potential attack surfaces daily, right? So it means a different way of handling the solution, right? And it combines really breach attack simulation with attack surface management and also vulnerability management in a totally uniquely different way, right? And combine them together and trying to make you know sense of something in, in a holistic picture uh, that that is better than than, it, than, it, than the parts. Yeah, let me. I want to bring myself up here for a second. So one thing that you said that I agree like a million percent with is number of vulnerabilities year over year is going up, and it's it's almost kind of hockey sticking. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on why that is? I have a couple of thoughts myself, but I'm curious, you know, as another senior kind of member of the community, what do you, what do you think is contributing to that? There's, there's two things going on. Uh, one is we're actually getting better at finding vulnerabilities, right? Mm -hmm. On top of that, the threat actors are also becoming better at finding these vulnerabilities and taking advantage of them in a quicker fashion. And so, uh, and, and one thing also, there's a third part of this, bug bounties. Yep. Awesome things, right? When I when I was at McAfee a long time ago, uh, you know, there was a feeling that if you paid hackers for for bug bounties, that it was a negative thing. And at the time, I was like, mm, I actually think this might be a good thing. And over the years, it's turned out to be now it's best practices, right? So you have people who are are turning in uh, the bugs to get rewards. You have attackers also taking advantage of, of vulnerabilities in a quicker fashion. So I think we're becoming better at finding these vulnerabilities. Uh, and that's why we see more and more. And, and what's interesting too, is beyond the fact that, that it's been about 30,000 a year since 2019, the other thing that's kind of important 
is a lot more have a higher CVSS score. So what is that, right? A CVSS score is how easy is it to exploit something? Do you need to have end user interaction? Or can you simply be remote with no authentication and just simply hit it, right? And, and that usually is a CVSS score of 9.0 and above, right? You know, mm -hmm. remote code executable, being able to attack it remotely without anything. So we're, we're finding that, that not only do we have a lot more vulnerabilities, but also a lot more with a higher CVSS score. Yeah, it, it is. It is gross. The threat actors are getting better uh, at what they do. The tooling's getting better. The uh, the automation of exploitation is getting more widespread and, and you know accessible. A uh, real quick question from Chad. I'm not Tyler Black had asked. You know, do you think that threat exposure management could have prevented the most recent Microsoft Server data leakage? I'm not a hundred percent sure with what that particular incident I, I was. Am. I am. Okay, so then please take and, it and on. Back, Tyler, I, I, hello, good seeing you again, man. And I actually wrote that question down uh, on my notepad to make sure I, I would get back to it. So, nice. so yeah, Tyler, uh, so threat exposure management also includes things like when people make misconfigurations and, and, and stuff like that. So the, the key is a lot of people will talk about threat exposure management. And in, when changes occur in environments, because they occur so often, you mm -hmm. need the ability to test your environment constantly to go, yes, oh my God, now everyone has access to this. This is a problem, we need to fix this, right? So yes, absolutely, that is that is part of it. It's also dealing with misconfigurations and changes, right? The idea I talked about earlier with a VPC or an S3 bucket, right? You lose, you lose your two-factor authentication, uh, you hard code into an API set, that username and password, uh-oh, problems, right? So the key here is absolutely the misconfigurations like we saw with the Microsoft uh, situation, would be something that threat exposure management tries to handle as well. Yeah, and it, it brings me to kind of one like so I read this Gartner report that we were talking about. So you know what what is Gartner saying about this? And Gartner is looking at this area of exposure uh, to businesses and trying to look at what's current state and where are the gaps and stuff. And I've got their findings over here. So I'm 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 paraphrasing effectively from Gartner's findings, but the three of their findings were that zero-day vulnerabilities are rarely the primary cause of a breach, which if you read between the lines, basically means that a lot of exploitation is happening with publicly known uh, listed vulnerabilities. We've also seen CISA, not that this is what related to what CISA is about to say, but we've seen CISA come up with an actively exploited list of, of vulnerabilities. So now you can kind of prioritize those as higher and they, they keep that list pretty up to date. So, it, it, it's it's frustrating to me, Dave, like being responsible for an environment. It's frustrating to me to know that it's, you know, like we all want it to be a, a sweet, sexy zero day. But in reality, it's, you know, something from 2019 that's just not being patched, you know? So, I mean, d d what, I guess what are your thoughts are initially on that particular finding that, you know, it's rare, it's, 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 it says rarely rarely a zero day, but what it really should say is most often known vulnerabilities, yes. you know? <laughs> Correct. And that's true. And that's true. The idea of, of zero days come into effect in some situations, but truthfully, they're looking at things for people who haven't patched. And, and I remember working at Cisco in, in cybersecurity and I would go out to a customer site and I'd help them with upgrades from time to time. And maybe I, you know, they, they went for a year before they saw me again. Right. And I come mm -hmm. out and always going to the config files of the various security devices. I'm talking about firewalls, uh, email gateways, even sometimes the switches I dealt with. You go in there and I'd find that the, the DK 
backup config sys, right? Or, or the configuration files. And I go, oh my God, they have not upgraded it since I've been here, since last time I've been here. And you think about that, and, and the, the truth of the matter is, is even these security appliances have vulnerabilities that come out. Uh, at that time, I would say uh, monthly, you know, it was a little bit different today, it comes more, more frequently. But the, the key is, is that there's oftentimes where people just do not keep up to date in the way they need to do with their various, uh, with their operating systems and, and applications and, and security controls in their environment to make sure that, that they're, they're kept up to date. Uh, and that's huge, right? It's mm -hmm. extremely oh, yeah. important. Yeah. Well, so well, so the second finding the Gartner have to 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 kind of lead off uh, or to use that as a as a nice. I mean, I wouldn't even call it a segue. It's almost a follow on. Yeah. Is and and this is this speaks to what you said about the increase of vulnerabilities being discovered year over year. And guys, if you're in chat right now and what I'm about to tell you doesn't resonate, then then take note because this is a reality. And if you're new into the industry, I'm telling you, you're going to learn this the hard way, and it's going to frustrate the crap out of you. Okay. <laughs> So second finding from Gartner is that vulnerability self-assessments, right? So you, you're, you're running your own scanner in your environment, which everybody does, right? These efforts generate huge reports that are, quote, rarely actioned and, yes. often, and often composed of generic remediations. Like, yeah. like I, I'm grabbing my notebook right now, Dave, because the level of frustration is just like rippling through my body. But uh, please, please take it before I lose my mind. Like, just, so, just read so it. I think, I think we, and we were talking about this when we were discussing you know, threat exposure management is the fact yep. that both of us have had situations where people have done either, either the vulnerability management reports or even pen testing. And they come back with this gigantic list of things. And it's overwhelming, right? And often when you go through that list, again, the paper, the paper's this thick, right? Mm -hmm. You find out that half of it is, well, that's not really relevant. Why? Well, because we have these security controls in place, right? Mm -hmm. uh, or that's very relevant, but it's hidden like a needle in a haystack. So the, the biggest problems in the past, both in vulnerability management and even pen testing, was you get the, this output that was almost inactionable because it wasn't prioritized because it did include prescriptive remediation. So part of the whole thing of, of continuous threat exposure management is it has to be done in a way with enough automation and where the software itself is updating that its tests by itself and that it prioritizes and say, listen, we looked at your environment. There's about hundred vulnerabilities. Of those hundred vulnerabilities, these five are hugely a problem because we can't find compensating controls. What does that mean? We can't find a firewall rule we could put in place, an EDR rule or something else to block, you know, or changing our operating system permissions or something like that. We can't find something to fix it. You need to go after this right away. And then with the next set is, hey, this isn't the top, but this could be fixed with a compensating control in your environment to make things better for you, right? So the, the key is, is that there, there's been a lack of prioritization uh, that makes it very difficult. Right, that that makes the data look um, overwhelming and in some cases not relevant. Yeah, and Alana, uh, simply cyber community member Alana. Oh, you're, it's not coming. I see it in the stream, and I can't. It's not. I can't click on it yet, but I'm going to bring it up. Alana basically says the development teams don't have the bandwidth to fix the issues and work on. You know, they're working on other priorities, and you're not a priority. Uh, which yeah. which is not an uncommon uh, reality. And Alana, you're, you're you're totally right. And by the way. Even when we think about threat exposure management for the cybersecurity professional, the kind of things that threat exposure management does, it automates it, makes it continuous. 
so that even the cybersecurity professionals can work on their more prioritized things and have this running in the background and get a, 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 a set of things they need to do, right? And on top mm -hmm. of it, back to your idea of the development teams, to be successful working with a team like that is to have threat exposure management also be accessible to people outside of cybersecurity, meaning that when you show the results, you say, hey, DevOps team, we noticed that you ran, in Jenkins, you ran this, and it's a vulnerable version of, of Apache. And by the way, there's, there's a text for shell exploit out there, and we don't have a way to fix it. That's the number one priority, right? So you're giving, you're helping people who are busy with their day-to-day -day work, the easy button with the easy prescriptive way of, of, of hey, I don't want to bother you, but here, here's, here's the information. And by doing that, by the way, they learn that you're not coming to them to be the, the doctor no person. That's a big thing in, in cybersecurity. People think we're the doctor no. You can't do that. You're wrong. <laughs> Stop, right? The idea is we're here to enable them, right? And also at the same time, we want to rub off on them, right? We want them to get in a, a sense of what cybersecurity is. At the same time, by talking to them in a relevant fashion, we learn about their jobs too, right? So that's the biggest thing I can tell everybody out there who's in cybersecurity is, you're going to find out that those business people, the IT people who aren't in cybersecurity and DevOps people are going to be your best friends yeah. and that you're going, to, you're going to cross pollinate a little bit. Yeah. And that's so true. Like you've got to, you've always got to remember if like, if you're new here, you've always got to remember that like, even though information security is like super important to you, it's not it's super important to Carl. Like Carl is right. interested in doing Carl's job and that's not cybersecurity. Right. So you have to enable them um, to, to, to make it like something that they'd want it, not just want to do because it's good for the business, but like it, it, it aligns to helping them get their job accomplished better. Right. Um, so an, another thing that the, the final finding that Gartner had just to kind of close what Gartner was saying about these things. Um, and you already touched on it a second ago, Dave, with the CVSS score of nine or higher. Right. Well, they found that even though, you know, the best of us who do, what we can and, and get results with scores and we prioritize it. They found that even prioritized lists are, are rarely enough to get non-security people, which is who we need. We need IT. We need application owners to, to take action and remediate issues because they don't understand. There's no context in the vulnerability uh, right. uh, outputs of why there's business risk and why there's uh, accountability considerations that they need to be mindful of. They're just like, Oh my God, like they treat patching, you know, as a, a, a like not a zero day, but like a 9.8 and patching a one as the same thing because they don't have context of that. And because of that, they, they don't think it's important to them no matter how hard you scream at them. Right. So, so that's an, that's another finding, you know, I guess, I know you kind of speak to, spoke about this, but do you have any other thoughts around, around this particular aspect? Big, big time, big time. So the idea is if, if you have the ability to prioritize your vulnerabilities, what does, what does I mean by that? There's two things. Mm -hmm. Not only is it a high CBSS score, but also in your environment, you do not have a security control, be it a firewall, uh, an endpoint, a web gateway, or a security control can also be the operating system or the VPC or whatever to make changes, right? So the, the key is, is that if, if it's a combination of, can I compensate this? And do I really need to patch, right? So the key is you're going to the DevOps people less often because you may find mitigating controls. So the, the ask may actually be, hey, listen, the next time you have a patch window, you want to patch this. Mm -hmm. But we 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 got you covered, 
for now, right? And then it becomes, you know, it doesn't become a fire drill every single time. But then when there is a CVSS score that's high and there is no mitigating control and you have to get their attention, you can get their attention because you're not always doing a fire drill, right? You know, mm -hmm. I, I, you and I have been in this business a long time. I remember, you know, as a vendor going to a customer, so we need your help today. We, we have a bad vulnerability. We need to figure out how we're going to do this. Blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And you'd show up and you go in the director's corner office and they have like a, a conference table. They clear off the conference conference table. They wipe the dry erase board clean. Said mm -hmm. we're ordering pizzas. Let's go. Right. Yeah. But that kind of fire drill, you can't do that all the time. Right. And so the key here is by doing threat exposure management, you're trying to, to get it to the point where I'm only bothering you when I really have to. And it's really uh, important or I can find a mitigating control and not even bother you about it, which is kind of critical. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let, so Kimberly had a question for you. Um, and by the way, those, those like clear the board order pizza, like that, that can grind, that's, that can wear on you, right? You yes. can only do those so many times before you're like, no mas, no mas. So Kimberly asked a question, what about asking for a sample pen test report um, before using the company to check out the structure and how they might present the information? Is that a standard or no, no in the industry? So I think uh, we must've mentioned something around pen testing. So what are your thoughts around, um, you know, basically asking for a sample report from a pen test group before you use them, if you're going to help use pen testing as part of identifying your threat exposure? I think that would be extremely important. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes there's concerns about, you know, proprietary information. So sometimes you're getting something that's very redacted, but I think that's kind of critical because, because the key is if you, if you're using someone mm -hmm. and they give you an inundation, uh, you know, again, the idea of, you know, papers that are this thick without any prioritization, that's a problem. If they give you a report that is not comprehensive enough at the same time, you know, it's also an issue. So, so I, I would often, I would say it's very fair game to ask a group. I need to either talk to one of your prior customers and get a sample report before using them. I would absolutely do that. Right. But on top of that, the mm -hmm. idea of threat exposure management is also uh, beginning to have metrics on a day-to-day -day basis, whether you do it in-house or you have an MSSP, a managed security services provider, do it for you, where you're able to say across the board, here's how we're doing, and we're trending up with more risk or we're lowering our risk as the days go on, right? So because let's say you, you change your GPO and mistakenly you allow everyone to, to use PowerShell, right? So then all of a sudden ransomware comes into play and you do a test, you find out, oh my God, we're, we're, we're vulnerable. You want to be able to see that on a day-to-day -day basis. So be, even beyond the annual pen testing, the concept here is to do threat exposure management on a regular basis, mm -hmm. on a continuous basis, so that when you do have that annual pen test, you do better, right? But there's another thing, too, I, that I liked about that question mm -hmm. uh, that, that they asked. Do you want I, me to I, throw I, it up again? Kimberly, Kimberly asked that, right? So, yeah. Kimberly, the other thing I like about that question is what we're also starting to see with our customer base is, let's say, you know, all our, our enterprises are interconnected, right? It may be that you have suppliers, vendors, your customers, various software as a service packages that you use. So when you think about your enterprise, you may not be the weakest link. It may be your third party, right? There's a mm -hmm. lot of supply chain issues and third party issues that occur. We've seen people say, you know what, before we do business with you, show me the uh, 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 results of a, a most recent pen test. And when was it? And by the way, we like to test your environment and your interaction with us. We're not going to go into your environment, but where you interact with us to see how, how secure you are. So we're seeing people test before making partnerships and interconnectivity. Mm -hmm. Also in M&A, merger and acquisitions, people are saying, uh, what is the risk 
yeah. of purchasing this company, uh, <laughs> you know, you know, are, are they secure? Are they sanitized? And there's so many examples. Uh, a great example was was um, uh, was uh, the Sheraton Starwood Preferred. Uh, who who bought them? Was did, did, who who bought Starwood Preferred? Who bought Sheraton? I'm trying to remember. Oh, I, I don't know. Kimberly Kimberly's actually uh, spent a long time in hospitality. She might actually know that. Yeah, but th there was a case of, of one of the one of the they were acquired, and there was a case of they were they were had, and it caused a huge problem, and they ended up paying a lot of money for for privacy violations. I do I do remember that. Like whoever yeah. they acquired, yeah, like Sheridan was compromised, right? And right. They got acquired by maybe I don't know Mar Marriott maybe Marriott had a whole host of bad problems there for yeah. a couple years in a row. Um, <laughs> so we'll just assume it's them. But yeah, guess what? You own that problem now. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It, it's scary. It's scary. Um, so okay. So yeah, Marriott. Um, so uh, okay. So I want to get into Gartner's recommendations too. But I, I really feel like for me, the long pole in the tent. The most, the most pressing thing with continuous threat exposure management over the traditional way is time, right? Yes. So, so, so you know, let, let me let me soapbox for a second, and then and then I love your thoughts on this. The, the 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 problem is that time between when things happen and when they come back, and like when you when you well, like your your data is stale, your information is stale, your environment yes. is, is dynamic, and. You know, what have you seen and what are your thoughts around really the current state? Like everybody uses a vulnerability scanner. Everybody gets annual pen tests, right? Quarterly, if you're fancy. What, <laughs> what, what have you, what are the problem? Like, what are your, what do you see as the challenges or the pro really the problems with this approach? Like it's cool and it's a good effort, but it's just not good enough. So the, the key here is threat exposure management to be successful. And there are vendors, and we, uh, by the way, I'm from Simulate and we're one of these vendors who, do, who does this, right? Sure, uh, I mean, that's truth why you're an expert, but, expert but, in the topic too. Yeah, but the, the key here beyond my own company, he, here, here's the, the bottom line is, is to be successful, you need several things, right? Number one, it has to be automated. Mm -hmm. It has to be a situation where it could test in the background safely and in production, right? And the key there is why? A lot of people go into labs and say, this is a one-off of this, this is a one-off of that. that there, there's never been a lab that I've worked with that has been as, as accurate as production. Production changes too much. So it has to yeah. be automated, has to be safe to run in production. Most importantly, updated. And updated in understanding the new exploits to test the exploits in your environment safely. Updated with vulnerabilities, updated with, with attack surface management information from your environment. Uh, so these are things that have to occur all the time. And updated, meaning that the, the, the vendor does it for you, right? So all of us have used things like, you know, Metasploit, Core Impact, Kali Linux. But if we had to sit there and had to absorb every indicator compromise and new, new uh, vulnerability and threat exposure uh, that was out there, it would take it'd be a full-time job plus, right? So the key is this is done for you. So it's automated, it's, it's updated, and it has to be done in a continuous fashion, right? In, in that it runs in the background and you're, you, you know, in that way, uh, it's extremely important. The second thing is it has to offer some intelligence on prioritization, right? So the idea is not to overwhelm you, but say, hey, these are the things that we, we can't find mitigating controls for. You need to fix this. These are things that you can get to later, right? Mm -hmm. It also has to be accessible. And what I mean by accessible is, as all of us are out there, you know, we have different skill sets. 
So the, the solution has to also be able to explain in plain English, here, here's how to remediate this. Here's how to fix it prescriptively. And, and that may be someone who is less experienced or may even be in DevOps or IT, right? And on top mm -hmm. of that, it has to be accessible to the business side. The biggest thing that you're going to find out in this industry yeah. is if you bring the business into the conversation and say, we're trying to avoid business disruptions, they will tell you what you need to focus on and help you focus. At the same time, they'll see more value in what you're doing. So for example, I had one customer who said, we did some tests on, on ransomware exposure. We have some, some things to change. And by the way, if we lose everything, our backups will take um, five days and then we'll be back in business. And the business was like, whoa, 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 whoa. five days, we're out of business, right? If mm -hmm, we're down for mm -hmm. five days, we're done. And the challenge today is someone earlier had a great, a great thing about, I forgot what the analogy was, but basically was saying in the past, you and I were like the, the doctor saying, you know, you need to, to run, you know, Gerald, you need to run more often or, or the dentist, you got to brush your teeth. Today, every industry is cyber intensive. Whether you run a cab business in New York City, a candy shop, or a multi-conglomerate international company, you're so reliant on that. So, so the, the key here is being able to also make it accessible for the business people to show risk. This is business risk if we don't do this is also extremely important as well, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then the final thing is, is integrations. So, so these solutions not only track exploits and vulnerabilities and prioritize, what they also do is tie into your security controls, into your operating systems, into your cloud controls so that we can see if something was detected or not detected, or even get an idea how to fix a misconfiguration we find in those devices. So that's the other thing too. Yeah, you you said it much more calmer and much more relaxed than than how I would respond to that question. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's just so it's so frustrating. It's like it, it's it, it's um you know the you you do like you just said. Okay, you can you can use it to find vulnerability. Uh, scanner or pen test to find misconfigurations. You can do it to find missing patches. You can do it to find shadow IT, frankly. Uh, but, and we were talking about this off, off camera before before the stream started. You know, guys, if 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 any of you in chat right now, right, like get the job, vulnerability management, welcome aboard. Your job is to scan the network, find the vulnerabilities and then go work with IT to get it fixed or with the application owners or whatever. Okay, that's your job. That's your only job. You're going to run the scanner and you're going to give yourself a high five. The running the scanner is the easy part. That's the simplest part, right? People lose their mind or, or, or they lose it that they don't realize that the work is actually getting things fixed. And here's the biggest problem, Dave. This is why I get, because I've lived this life. Yes. By the time you even get a dent, I'm talking a dent, where like you have found the right people. Maybe you've convinced them to have a meeting with you. Maybe you got them to do something or you have to escalate to their boss. By the time you get a little bit further along, guess what? Welcome to the next Patch Tuesday. Just, just to pick an easy one that everybody knows about. And it's like, it's like digging out, digging out of a hole. And then like, as you see sunlight, like a dump truck comes up and just like, eh, eh, like you can hear the sound and then it just dumps <laughs> on your head. 
this is what I, it's like, oh my God. So it, it, it can be, it can be so frustrating. And like you said, if you're not really prioritizing it, right. If you don't have that, um, context of like, what are actual threat actors doing right now? Yeah. Like this is, this is got like, how many, how many criticals are you going to get? It's not like you get two criticals and like, you're like, oh, I'll focus on those, right? You get tons of criticals. So how do you, how do you do this? And then again, again, you're going to work for 30 days and, and hope you can get somewhere before the next dump truck comes on you. And things could have changed, right? This is what I said to you right before the show started. Carl could have plugged in a super gross, vulnerable webcam the next day, right? So <laughs> you're not going to find it for 29 days, 30 days. You know what I mean? Um, so, so these are like, for me, these are the, like the personal, I've been burned. I, I have the scars, Dave challenges of 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 the existing structure of vulnerability management and really it's it's just been the it's been the best option for years it's been right, the best right. option so, so and that's why threat exposure management is different I'm, I'm gonna address this right away so number one is yeah the idea of doing something once a month is not enough right and but the key thing is if you're not prioritized if you're not also looking at the threat you know the threat exposure new threats and yep. what controls can mitigate, you are stuck in a patch hell, right? And, and so the key is, is that the beauty of, of using threat exposure management mm -hmm. is that you're able to say, okay, in this situation, change an EDR rule, and then put this on the back burner for later for when you update, you know, SSH or some other kind of vulnerability you find. Or, hey, I've been able to, to, to remotely uh, ping the Active Directory, and that's not cool, <laughs> you know? change a firewall rule, right. uh, cha change permissions, or, or, or a, a standard user now can open a PowerShell, change that right away. So the key is, is that the beauty of the solution is, as part of it is, 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 is being able to be prescriptive, giving that prescriptive information. So the idea is in the past, you would give the DevOps person, you would give <laughs> the application owner, you would give the IT person a thing this big, and they'd be like, I can't do this, right? Yeah. In PDF, so now you're just like, now you're saying on a on a sticky note, you know the report comes out as part of the automation. You're giving the prescriptive stuff as part of the automation. As part of the tool is it is it allows you to do that and go here you go, right? And so they get exactly what they need to do to fix it. And that's what's different. So you're not bothering them on everything you see because you're finding mitigating controls and the things that you are bothering them on. Mm -hmm. It's critical, and 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 at the same time, they, they understand it. it. So the biggest the biggest pain uh, mm -hmm. in the past for me was when someone would hit someone with a you know a bunch of things that they need to do, and they come back and explain to you that 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 of the the hundred things, only five are relevant. Yeah. So you look kind of foolish. Now you're only saying, hey here's those five things that you need to do right away. We've taken care of the other things, right? So the, the key is you're not inundating them as well, right? And the idea is you keep moving in that fashion. It's yeah, or, 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 or maybe we haven't taken care of them, but these are red hot. These, like, we could be exploited today. Like, fix these. Right. Yeah, and, and I feel like it's easier to get um, management buy-in. Like, if you do have to escalate to kind of push an admin or, or whomever to, to move something forward or to, de even worse, to decommission some old legacy system, um, if you have the evidence that comes out of these continuous um, threat exposure management um, programs, 
uh, you have the ammunition, like you said, to not look foolish. Because, dude, nothing's worse than escalating for, like, you know, SSL expired. Like, oh, you've got to get this fixed. And it's like, why? Explain to me why. Explain to me. Explain to me the threat actor and what they're going to do. And, like, not that they would say that, but you know what I mean? Like, it, it can get a little can get a little tough. Um, I want to point out, Alana gave a, a shout out to you, Dave, high f a virtual high five from Alana talking about back. <laughs> it's so important um, to partner across the organization and show that it's about keeping the business running and making money. All about that. All about, the, hold on. It's all about, Alana. on. We got, cash, homie. we got, we got a sound effect for that. Randy Moss saying straight cash, homie. <laughs> so yeah. nailing it, nailing it. So uh, I want to kind of make sure that we have time here. Uh, so CISA had, you know, this this great report, which, by the way, I don't have a direct link to it, but uh, I mean, Gartner, excuse me, um, but CISA had one too. But the Gartner report, um, we talked about their findings, but their recommendations, they had two specific ones. And I want to read you the first one because I want to get your thoughts about it because it is prescriptive, which you typically don't see that uh, all the time in kind of industry reports, but I love it. So Gardner says, looking at the problem with the existing vulnerability management solutions, they, it says, quote, they, like businesses should establish regular repeatable cycles as part of their continuous threat exposure management program with each cycle adhering to five-step process. And this is the prescriptive part. Scoping, discovery, prioritization, validation, and mobilization, thus guaranteeing consistent threat exposure management outcomes. Can you, can you, I, like to me, I'm not quite sure how to digest that. Um, and I know that you, you work in this all the time and think about it all the time. Um, what are your, what are your thoughts around Gartner's recommendation here around with this five-step process? So, so for me, it really hits upon what threat exposure management is trying to do, right? Mm -hmm. Consistent also means valid, right? It means the fact that in the past, whether you're dealing with, with new threats and you're doing just an annual pen testing or you're doing vulnerability management, or also there's other things that this covers. Permissions, least privilege, right? Multi-factor authentication, other things about that, that you have in your environment that have nothing to do with security controls, right? All these different things. Consistent means this is something valid that we have to go after. It's prioritized. We need to do it now. The, the, the ability to explain it to the person who needs to fix it, uh, and the fact is you're not writing it up. It's written up for you as part of the automated results, right? Mm -hmm. So you're given something that someone understands that, that a SOC engineer can understand, a DevOps person can understand, an IT person, or this is the business risk. It's gone up X number of points, right? And we need to solve this now, right? So, so the key is, is that, that that's really kind, of, really kind of critical about this is to make it, make it successful. Yeah. Well, I mean, I appreciate it because it's a leg up, you know, as you're pivot, well, not pivoting, as you're maturing from vulnerability management or transitioning from vulnerability management, I mean, you could still call it vulnerability management. Uh, I feel like that that's kind of baked into the InfoSec office uh, lexicon. But as you're migrating over to continuous threat exposure management, having these steps at least allows you to start with a framework, start with an outline and be able to begin to adopt this in your own environment. And, you know, to, to one of the things that we kind of tease that folks would get out of this talk today is what CISA is saying, right? So uh, there was a report, I'll link to it in a second in chat, that um, CISA came out and they had done some work with other um, federal agencies to look at what is their risk exposure, right? Jenny Sterley over at CISA is very serious about uh, information sharing with the public private sector, but she's also 
really focused on fixing or, or, you know, taking one bite at a time of the sandwich that is securing the federal government, right? And one of the the findings out of CIS's work was that they they are saying that you need to test your program uh, frequently, right? Annual, dude. FISMA compliance was triannual. Tri yeah. Every, every, I mean, what are you doing? Like, yeah, fine effort, but like, come on, that's not good enough. And then they moved to like annual, but it was like you only had to do a third of the controls. That's not going to cut it. So they are seeing what's going on. They also put um, that um, malicious threat actors um, are, are are taking no are taking advantage of known vulnerabilities uh, in most ransom operations. So you're not like ransomware. One of the biggest threats to our, you know, or not biggest threat to our our society, but like it's the most frequent threat, right? I mean, it's it's the attack that most of them are going for because it's so lucrative. And we're seeing that most of those are done with known vulnerabilities, right? So we said earlier that most attacks, most breaches aren't zero days, but like to narrow it down to like the most common attack, it's public vulnerabilities that are doing that. So, yes. um, you know, CISA is even saying that we need to migrate uh, to this or transition to this continuous threat exposure management. Yes. And, and in fact, you know, uh, going further from vulnerability management, the testing is also dealing with mm -hmm. the things I've talked about, lack of multi-factor authentication, lack of least privilege, um, you know, uh, those kind of stuff as well, right? Yeah. It is, what we're finding is in many cases, these attackers are taking advantage of the basic fundamental operating systems and VPCs in the cloud and other things as well, right? So, so what's important here is it's not just the vulnerabilities. It truly is how things are configured and set up, right? And, and, uh, and that's really kind of important. So that's also part of this as well, right? It's, it's figuring out, okay, in this situation, uh, a great example, word macros, right? Mm -hmm. Office macros, huge bane of existence. Microsoft finally got rid of them. They should have gotten rid of them years ago, right? Yeah. But that was a huge thing. Another, but uh, uh, Internet Explorer, also known as Internet Exploder, right? Terrible, right. Yep. terrible browser. They've now gone to, to you know, a Chrome-based browser, but you still have MSHTA files that you can you could set off and, and cause the same kind of exploits anyway, right? So there's all sorts of things about the fundamental-based operating systems and, 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 and cloud-based operating systems and other things that also are issues that need to be, be handled as well. Yeah, well, and we saw, you know, like Felina uh, vulnerability was taken advantage of Microsoft diagnostic tools. So like you got rid of macros and then they found a new way for macros. Um, so, so another thing I want to point out of, of the importance, guys, hopefully you're taking away from this talk today, this conversation, that continuous threat exposure management isn't just like it's the new thing on the block. It's like it is important. It, 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 it really is important for securing your business in a way that's meaningful instead of like we talk about checkbox compliance and all that. But like threats move so quickly. New vulnerabilities are found all the time. People misconfigure tech all the time. People put new shadow IT on the network all the time. Like, I, I can't explain it enough. Like, your ex exposure, your attack surface is wicked fluid. And, and if you're not doing continuous exposure management, then you're operating off of stale data, stale information, and you have a false sense of security. Another thing I wrote in my notes here when I was thinking about, like, oh, let's have this conversation, Dave. I wrote here that... Another thing that continuous threat exposure is, is important about is that existing controls you have in your place aren't necessarily effective. And it doesn't matter 
if you paid a lot of money for them. There is no correlation between price and efficacy. Okay, period, end of story. And how many times, I mean, you, you don't have to name names or anything, Dave, but like, have you ever, and the answer is yes here, have you ever worked somewhere where you bought something and you were able to get the check stroked and then it got racked and stacked and then nothing? You ever, you ever, you ever had that happen? So being, being, being the vent from the vendor side of the house and working with my customers all the time, many times, uh, if, if it was a situation where, uh, I wasn't, you know, that, Hey, listen, we need to configure this. Let's get this going. If I wasn't involved in configuring it, sometimes I'd be very disappointed at, at the, at the distribution. Right. And, and, and as a professional, I often would say the default configs are the default configs. We need to, to right size it for your environment. Right. And uh, the customers who would say, oh, we'll get back to it, Dave, right, are, are the ones that would then call back and say, well, why did this happen? We got hit. We got hit. Right. And and in that situation was, well, we needed to do best practices and we needed to come out and see what's, what's right for your environment. Right. And so. So, yeah, when you, you know, a great example, um, I just wrote an article. EDR is not a silver bullet in health net security. Is there a way for me to share? Uh, um, yeah, go ahead and press the share button down below. There's a, a circle underneath the uh, screen there and it'll pop up and I'll pull it up here. Where, where's it here? I'm trying to find it. Uh, so look on the bottom of the browser, like in the blue space near the private yes. chat and there'll yes. be a microphone, a camera, and then a share screen. Away. Here we go. With an arrow, yeah. So I, this article is in, in uh, screen here, share. And, and All right. the thing we'll that go full screen. You'll, we'll still be able to hear you, Dave. Yeah. So the, the key thing here with, 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 with the article was, it's, you know, people buy EDR and they think they're, they're in great, great shape. And by the way, everyone needs to deploy EDR and everything. And, and so I'm not saying not to deploy it, but the challenge here was, is, is, and in, in, in writing this article, you know, it is talking about all the ways they get around those security controls by, because they have default configurations, or again, back to your operating systems and your cloud VPCs and your applications may have too much privileges, not multi-factor authentication and other best practice hygiene that they don't even have to worry about it anyway, right? That they're doing something that, that you're allowing. So the, the key here is, is that that's really kind of critical to, to keep in mind and understand. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it, to it totally isn't. I mean, it, it totally is worth keeping in mind. And I mean, and now we're getting more into philosophical approaches to information security, and it's totally about, uh, you know, defense in depth and the right, the right things. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's so many times I've seen um, you know, basically businesses didn't account for the manpower required or person power required to actually configure, manage, maintain, care and feed, utilize the product. They just said, oh, it's a solution that solves my problem. You know, here's a check and, <laughs> and off, off and running. So, you know, it, it's, it's sad. It's sad. Uh, especially I can only imagine uh, from a frustration on the vendor side where you feel like you're, you're helping an organization really solve uh, solve a, a much needed problem and you think of the customers of that organization and how they are going to be protected and then no 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 such luck no no joy as it as it were right right and i would say also to to all the people out there listening is is if you're on on the, the customer side um also because you know everyone is is busy at work they have so many things going on you know if you buy a solution from a vendor make sure they support it make sure they're out there teaching mm -hmm. you to get the most out of it right and a lot of solutions today are software as a service or prescription services. You don't want the vendor who shows up, you know, 
30 days before the end of the, the license period and goes, hey, great, ready for renewal? No, yeah. you want the one that's out there, you know, as often as you need them to say, hey, listen, there's a new feature. Let's let's get on a, a Zoom and show you what it is. Right. Let's let's let me come over, uh, come over and see you and show you. Let's let's make sure it's deployed correctly. Hey, this is, a, you know, you want a vendor who's interactive with you. And and the part of the cybersecurity industry is that's part of the That's part of the vendor's job. Right. Is you're not just buying something and let them go away. You want them to, to give you their best practices and have people who care and are, are there not just for renewal time. And that's kind of important. Yeah. And like, I, you know, they do call them customer success managers now or client success managers, but still you want to make sure that that is what you're getting. Uh, might even be a question worth asking during, uh, you know, the, the, the bake off or whatever, you know, the. Right. And, and, and Alana, as Alana says in, in, in chat here, vetting should be part of the RFP process. As, absolutely. That is, yes. that should be a lot of your questions should be is hey, we're going to put this in. What's the 30, 60, 90 after we put it in? What is your, your quarterly visit? You know, what are we going to do? And, and, and so from the very early on, you want to get their commitment that they're going to be to stand by you. Great question, Alana. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. And, and like, we could probably do a whole show on like when you're evaluating product, what, what should you be doing? Cause it's not like, can it do the job is only one part of it. They like all the products in a space can do the job. There's all sorts of, uh, ancillary elements, um, that really, really do play a factor. You know, like how much time does it take someone to manage this? How often do I have to touch it? How often do you push patches? Does it require maintenance downtime? Like all, all, all of right. these things. Do you, do you alert me if there's a problem, right? That's a great yeah. example, right? Um, CISA, US CISA just added uh, a Cisco AnyConnect client vulnerability to their, their most used list, most exploited list, right? Mm -hmm. And so so the point is, is that, you know, if I buy, you know, a Cisco as a vendor, if, if, if there's a problem, we, how do you let me know there's a problem, right? Yeah. Uh, as a vendor, how do you let me know there's an issue, right? And then there's also, I mean, we were talking earlier about supply chain. There's also, as a vendor, what software do you use in your solutions that may be vulnerable that is a third party, right? You know, uh, what do you use? You know, do you also notify us of that as well, right? And that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, not to go too down a rabbit hole here, but like we actually just saw in today's news, there's a company called Sigstore that's taken advantage of all this money that the U S government and, uh, Google, Apple, Amazon have put together to help control like basically software bill of materi materials for, yeah. uh, but it's going to be using PKI to kind of certify, uh, what is in there and what versions and stuff like that. So it's, it's got essentially like digital signatures. Um, yeah. And you know, to your point, like we're, we're getting there to have that information. Uh, but it, that that's all just one small piece of <laughs> exposure management, frankly. Um, so I, I, I want to ask you another question. I see Tyler uh, Black here. Is it too hard for the client to manage and require the vendor? To con well, here, let's answer Tyler's question. Then I have another question for you about continuous threat exposure management. So Tyler wants to know, because he had such a great question earlier. Thanks, Tyler. Uh, yeah. Is it too hard for the client to manage and requires the vendor to constantly configure. Oh, I see. He's he's throwing in a question that you should be asking your vendor. I'm sorry, I misread right, that. Right. And by the way, there's there's certain situations where where in adopting a technology, you need to ask that question, right? Mm -hmm. And if it's a situation, one of the things that you want to be able to do is, can I right size this product and and will it not encumber me, right? And it may be a situation where when you purchase that solution, if it is cumbersome that you buy it as a service, right? You buy it you where, where the vendor actually pr provides you a professional person to, uh, at a cost, right? Uh, or you have an MSSP, a managed security services provider. 
what, no matter the size of the business, what I'm finding is because of the shortage of cybersecurity security staff, that even the largest company to the smallest company all decide to take a certain portion of what they're doing and give it to an MSSP. So for example, most people in the larger Fortune 500 don't do you know desktop desktop uh, you know first tier right you know I can't get on on my machine right they usually have a third party to do that right or in some cases the smaller companies will choose some of the more advanced stuff sim as a service or you know incident response as a service as well so it's also a situation you need to ask the vendor make sure what is the day to day functionality of it can I manage it uh, if not what are my options. For, for as a service or management as a MSSP, that kind of thing. Great question. So I, I love it. Uh, to turn the conversation back to continuous set exposure management a little bit, um, what what are your thoughts? I, I, I haven't really sat and thought about this. This is like one of those things I'd have to sit on like a stump in the woods and like really just think about. What, what, are, what do you think are some of the challenges or, or hurdles or, or stumbling blocks that people or organizations might encounter as they migrate into this continuous continuous threat exposure management, I think I think the, the big things are uh, in learning how to do it in a continuous fashion. So, for example, our customer base on a, on, a, on the average customer does a, a test a day, and sixty seven percent of what they do is scheduled, which is awesome. Which means they're using it in a continuous basis. So, number one is you want to use it in a continuous basis. And the biggest thing you mentioned earlier is when you get the results because they're they're digestible. Mm -hmm. need to get them to the right people and include them, right? We talk about in, in, in other, other conversations we've had together about purple teaming, the fact that you're not just mm -hmm. doing red team anymore, there's blue team and there's purple teaming working together, right? The key here is for me, purple teaming is a three-sided coin, right? It's you talking to DevOps and IT, it's you talking to the business. And the key is when you first reach out to the business and Dev IT, DevOps and IT, they may think, uh oh, this is this is Dave coming with his big Dr. No list, right? Mm -hmm. No, the idea is that it's important to actually get these things remediated so that you see the scores get better, that your risk lowers. And that's that's the part that you need to make sure that you let them know this is a new ball game. It's not going to be overwhelming. I, I'm going to need your help. Right. So that that to me is the biggest thing is, is usually cybersecurity people can get this, can mm -hmm. schedule the tests and get it going. The next thing you want to do is they want to see that score lowered. Yeah, and to get the scores lowered, it means that you are including the the SOC team, the DevOps team, the IT team, the business team in what you're doing. And but by doing that, you're making a more healthy and better cybersecurity posture, right, across the board, right? By doing that. Yeah, and and trending down is is always uh, a good one. But like we said, new new vulnerabilities pop up all the time, so. You know, it becomes tricky in explaining to leadership why you know you know it went back up, even though you're making great headway, right? Um, so let me ask you this, uh, and there might not be a right answer, or there might be uh, it depends kind of answer. Um, you know, we're talking about doing vulnerability scanning monthly, getting overwhelmed. Like, if you're doing continuous, continuous is a subjective term. What, what's the what's the right number? What's the right like how, like how often are you looking at your environment or you know what I mean? Like is it is it every six hours? Is it twice a week? Like what is define continuous, Dave? Or, or how how might an organization define continuous? How do they know they've achieved continuous threat exposure management? So the the key is is that across the board, if the scores are are at, you never have a score of of perfect. Yeah, perfect, right? There's no, right. there's no such thing as a silver bullet in cybersecurity, and mm -hmm. you can't reduce risk to zero percent, right? But when the scores are low enough 
on a day-to-day basis that you feel comfortable, right? Then that's the key. And, and uh, it really depends on, on which customer I'm talking about. Uh, and the, the key would be is some customers, it is a daily thing, right? And some customers, it may be, you know, every other day. But the, the key is, is that what's also important is that those these dashboards of continuous security, uh, you know, uh, sorry, threat exposure management, um, also are things that other other groups look at as well, right? So the key is it may be that, you know, the metrics for the SOC team, they're only looking once a week, but mm-hmm. for the people who are, are managing this, they're, they're, they're checking it in once a day, right? They're checking it once a day. Uh, the biggest thing I hear is is uh, an attack occurs on a competitor of a company, and then CEO or CISO comes to the, the, the tech and goes, are we, are we susceptible to this? And they mm-hmm. go in the, the user interface, we already ran a test uh, this morning on that, and we're good, right? And that kind of thing. Oh yeah, that would be excellent. Continuous threat exposure management, like proactive, being able to answer questions before they come. That would be sick. Uh, I, I could like, you know, I said like, while you were talking, part of me was sitting on the stump in the woods thinking, I, I what are your thoughts on this too? Cause I could see this working, you know, as you transition, as you get a solution that can allow you to do more continuous threat exposure, Doing, oh gosh, okay. Can we get a mod in chat, please? It, I don't know if it's like when we hit 58 minutes, like the, the, uh, did you see what's going on over yes, there? Yes. Right. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I don't know if Tinder Hot XYZ came to see you, Dave, but, um, uh, <laughs> you know, you know, it is what it is. So, um, so what I wanted to tell you or, 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 or suggest is like, I could see it being like, all right, like every, two weeks, we're going to do it and start getting a process and get a, a, you know, a a vibe going on what this is going to look like and then moving it to weekly and then moving it to as often as you can, but also having kind of like a hit the emergency fire drill button or whatever for like things that are not zero day, but like, this is a big thing. It's being actively exploited. It's a 10.0 CVSS. Lock for shell is a great example of that. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so, exactly. So what do you think about that? Kind of almost like a stack, like a staged approach. So you, 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 you build up as you get into it. So what we find is, is that there's a number of answers to this. So, so, so for example, uh, the te- we do all sorts of different testing, right? And so the EDR person may run uh, a test on uh, immediate threats every day or check test the new versions of the VDI client or the desktop client right, as they roll them out, right? So it might be a situation as, as they'll check it daily to see if there's any changes, right? Any tests, you know, if they see the score go up, they'll go see what it is, right? In the case of like the log for shell, or now there's 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 uh, text for shell. Text for shell is not as bad as log for shell, but it's still bad. Mm-hmm. Um, where, where someone goes, oh my God, let me go in and see how many instances of this we have in our environment. And is there any controls that we can use to fix it? So there are some still situations where there are imminent threats, that are based on vulnerabilities or exploits, you're going to the test. And there's other cases where people who are responsible for various aspects mm-hmm. of the environment may check it uh, as a dashboard, right? To see what's going on, to see if there's any, any changes and stuff like that. So, so for example, uh, attack surface management, the idea of handling your external, you know, the reconnaissance stage of the attack. Yeah. You may find that, oh, someone pushed out uh, a change to our email servers and there's no DKIM record or no SPF record. Oh crap, we need to fix that. Or our certificate has expired. Oh crap, let me go fix that, right? So the key is that depending on the person who, who's looking at that dashboard, we have you can do customized dashboards and stuff like that. And it, it, people may look at, you know, daily or maybe uh, you know, an emergency situation. 
Yeah, no, I, I love it. And so I, I, so it's not even a temporal based thing, but it's also kind of audience based uh, dimension as far as how often and how frequent and who. who. So I, I agree a hundred percent. I think it, I think it's, I think it's a totally solvable problem, right? I don't yes. think that there's something that's like, oh my God, what are we going to do? Like, this is outrageous. So I definitely think it's cool. I, I also want to give a, sh a shout out. Like, you know, you picked the topic, uh, Dave, CTEM, right? And Alana calls it out. Like, who knew it was so lit that we got all those like um, hot, sexy uh, chat bots coming in through here. So yes. uh, we must be doing something right. Yes. Uh, so, so Dave, uh, we're coming up on the on the hour here, but I always love to give my guests, as you know, since you're such a seasoned guest on Simply Cyber, uh, an opportunity to take the stage and uh, share, you know, whatever information you want. So, I'll let you go full screen, Dave, and it's all yours. Great. So, we we are Simulate. We we do continuous threat exposure management. You can go to to Simulate.com to find out more about how we approach the solution and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But again, I, I think this is an exciting time to be in cybersecurity. And I think that this is part of it, right? The idea of being able to be a cybersecurity professional and deal with all the other disciplines, deal with the business side of the house, um, deal with IT, deal with DevOps, and bring a culture of cybersecurity to everyone also means you're learning about the business more, you're learning what business continuity means, you're learning for DevOps, what it may take, the shift left to bring cybersecurity into a continuous process for them. You're learning about IT and what, what's important. So the, the beauty, the beauty here is, is it allows you to 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 continue threat exposure management is that interaction and makes the world a better place. Uh, and, and that's why I kind of really enjoy what I'm doing. And I think that all of you would like that too. I definitely see an article that I put up earlier. And uh, thank you, everyone. I, I, as usual, this is so much fun. Yeah, I'm glad you had a good time, Dave. That's that's why, you know, on behalf of the uh, community and myself, you know, that's why we love having you back. Uh, like you you share, you just, you're, you're a great contributor to the community. And, you know, I personally enjoy talking with you. Um, and, and I agree, um, you know, we just got to keep fighting the fight. Like you said, there's no silver bullet. There's, we're never going to get to zero risk. Um, but that's why we all have jobs. Uh, and, yes. you know, just, just, you know, I see right here in chat, Gaming with Cat just starting their journey, you know what I mean? So you're impressing the minds of the, the people who are newly indoctrinated into the environment. <laughs> I love it. And so, as Anissa says, you can't get enough of this field. This field is awesome. I, I really do enjoy this. I, I, I feel blessed to be in this field. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Me, me, me too. I, every day it's a blessing, honestly. And that's why I try to do so much in the field because it, it's so gratifying and satisfying. So Dave, thank you so much for being here. I genuinely appreciate it. I'm going to send you off to the green room really quick while I uh, wrap up the show. Thank you. All right, y'all. I hope you had a great time over the last hour. If you, if you jumped in in midstream, you might want to go back and check it out. Uh, Dave Klein came on. We came and talked about continuous threat exposure management. It was a sick episode as far as I'm concerned. Love the conversation. We covered what industry resources like Gartner and CISA are sharing about continuous threat exposure management, the TLDR. Uh, vulnerability management in a traditional way is kind of slow and not really accounting for the uptick in vulnerabilities that are being basically dumped on organizations. And CISA is even saying that we need to be more proactive, move frequently. We discuss what vulnerability management is and, and the challenges that are facing it and executing it correctly, temporal and, and working with the business and Carl, shadow IT. And finally, we, we covered how uh, continuous threat exposure management and research in the space is helping solve 
these challenges that we outlined with the vulnerability management and stuff like that. So I hope you got value out of that. Again, if you if you jumped in in the middle, go check out uh, from the beginning because I think you're going to get a lot of value out of it. Before I go, I just want to remind everybody, if you did not know, tomorrow morning, just like every single morning, I host a live daily cyber threat briefing. Uh, there's hundreds of people there live in chat. We're sharing the top cybersecurity news stories of the day. I share my uh, opinions and analysis on each of those stories. It's about 45 minutes long. We have a great time. Go to simplycyber.io slash streams to see when the next one's coming up. I hope you can be there tomorrow. On behalf of myself, the community, thank you so much to Dave Klein. Thank you, Simulate. And thank you to all of you for being great guests. You guys ask dynamite questions. Chat's always lit. Um, we'll see you at the next one tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. Take care, everybody.